This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Tesla posts an epic earnings speed. The FMCSA will no longer assume a commercial driver is always a human as it prods autonomous trucking. And we release a white paper about venture capital trends in the transport tech space. I'm JP. And I'm Chad. We discuss all these issues and more on this week's episode of What the Truck. Hey, man, great to be here with you. What's up, dude? What, what, what pop you topping? Uh, actually, today I have a Brooklyn lager because uh, no one went to the beer store. Um, and I was really oh. busy writing uh, about earnings calls. Well, that's why you're living the high life, man. But I haven't tasted it yet. Uh, let me let me let me see if if this is going to like completely ruin my day or not. Okay. Um, well, I don't think you can go wrong with Brooklyn Brooklyn Lager. That's a solid go-to. Yeah, it's 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 just it's the you know what like the Bud Light of Brooklyn. Oh. <laughs> That's is that a nice thing. I mean, it's it's a it's a lager. It's a lager. Well, you I'm, haven't asked me what I'm drinking. What are you having, Chad? Wow, got that slurp. That slurp um, action. I'm having a sweet water IPA because it was the only thing in the fridge. But hey, I like it, and I'm steak sticking on the uh, IPA train. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we're literally complaining about having free beer in the office. So, you know, let's 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 keep let's keep our heads on straight. <sighs> First world problems, but they can still be a problem. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, dude, let's get into it, man. I think the hu- you know, the biggest news is the story week. you wrote about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was a huge deal. You know, it wasn't just me. Like it happened yesterday. Uh, Craig, our CEO, basically told me to write it, so I wrote it. Um, Tesla achieved profitability for the third quarter. Much its, to your chagrin. Of its 15-year life. No, I'm happy for them. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think that they still got a lot of work to do. But, I mean, what, they posted um, earnings of, what, like 320 mil, million? Is that right? That's million with an M? Um, yeah, no, sorry, 311. 11.5. $311 million in net earnings on $6.8 billion of top-line revenue. The Wall Street was expecting them to lose money, and they made a bundle of money. That's really great. Um, I mean, I think most, you and know, Elon what, Musk can't tweet about it. <laughs> what's What's impressive about it is all of the challenges the company faced with executive departures, with having to basically re-engineer their production and assembly processes on the fly, building that huge tent to add another line uh, for the Model Three. You know, the, the delivery issues they ran into, all that stuff, um, they overcame it. I mean, they buckled down. You could really see that not only was Elon Musk determined to figure this out, but give credit to everyone who works there who've been busting their asses making these cars. Um, it, interesting, interesting stat. Uh, and this was actually, you know, they trumpeted this on the first line of their, of their release, but the 
Tesla Model 3 on a revenue basis is now the best-selling car in America. Okay, that it's that a, is interesting. You know, I'm happy I'm happy for the success of the company as strange as as the uh, navigator of the ship has has been. <laughs> Yeah, um, and you know, I you know, yeah, rumors of their demise were 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 premature. Um, I where do we begin? Like with like they're they're still they're not out of the woods yet for for a number of of reasons, but the positive guidance, um, they're they're start beginning to project that this could be a trend that this this um that their profitability might might be sustainable. And and continue. I also was uh, as I'm thinking about Tesla uh, and all of their successes. Like if they failed, which it really seemed like it was going to happen, then would there be as much pressure on OEMs and big incumbents to continue to really try to push for electric vehicles? I, I feel like you know even while it seemed like Tesla just wasn't going to ultimately overcome everything, that that they were the spearhead they were the tip of the right. point yes yeah uh, they pushed you know the automotive industry forward they demonstrated that there was extremely high consumer demand for electric vehicles they you know are in the process of helping save the planet i mean it's it's important to acknowledge them and give the credit where credit is due what they've been able to do for the, the automotive industry and, and and showing them the way bleeding a lot of cash as they develop some really cool technology. Um, you know, but again, they're not out of the woods yet. So we said uh, 311.5 million in uh, net earnings this quarter. It's important to note that next quarter they have 230 million in convertible bonds related to solar city due. So okay. you know, if they if they make the same amount of profit next quarter, almost all of that would be eaten um you know, by this by this debt, they have another. You know, depending on what the the stock price is, which went up ten percent. Um, right. To, they're back up over three hundred. I think it settled. It got as high as three seventeen um, when markets opened on Thursday. Uh, I think it settled around three twelve uh, in the afternoon when I when I wrote my piece. Um, huge deal. But if, if you know, again, if the stock price isn't over three sixty. They're going to have another nine hundred or so million dollars of debt uh, that they have to pay down in um, February. Another convertible bond. So it's you know, and there there are some things they still need to figure out. So, and I'll just go through two of them. One is that pretty much all of the equities analysts expect degradation in uh, gross margins going forward because basically what they're doing is they're making the most expensive souped-up Model 3s right now that cost, you know, over $50,000 a piece. And so when they start launching their $35,000 model... The one that we all were excited yeah. about at the beginning. Yeah, they're not. They're going to be making less money per car. Um, so, Makes sense. So right now, they sort of say that they have. there's a rich mix of cars that they're producing in terms of how expensive they are. That is going to start to deteriorate next quarter. Uh, secondly, this is kind of interesting, you know, because for such a long time it was a huge deal whether Tesla could me- could meet uh, the goals that Elon Musk set, especially. And I'm talking about the the 5,000 car per week production target. So they there have been times when they have exceeded that, but for a, the past month, 
they're sitting around 4,400 cars um, per week, which is, which, is, which is great. I mean, it's a, a big accomplishment. But this is, and I'll get to the point, um, part of why they were able to achieve profitability this quarter is that they lowered their capital expenditures uh, you know, sequentially. So what that means, what I'm wondering is if they want to make more cars, are they going to have to spend more money put more stuff in the factory, add additional assembly lines, and how will that affect, you know, so they're making more cars that they'll be making less money on, and they're going to have to spend money to do to, to build out that production capacity. So that's another thing to keep our eyes on is, you know, how much money is it going to take for them to keep ramping production up? Because they're, they're kind of at this uh, 4,400 number, then they've, like I said, they've been stuck there for a month. Well, I feel like you just brought me down after um, a, you know, potentially really exciting piece of uh, news. Um, so thanks a lot, man. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you no, know. No, I know. No, it's, it's, it's just a good, like, hard-nosed, pragmatic examination of the things coming up for them. And I'll say, I'll say <clears> the, <throat> one last thing about the stock price is that, you know, now that we don't have to divide by negative numbers, we can see that they're P.E. ratio, the ratio of price to, to earnings, is about 40. Yeah, um, you've been wanting to say that for a long time. And, and you know, t- uh, Ford and GM are around five. So Tesla's really wi- widely, uh, sorry, wildly overvalued right now. Um, most of the equities analysts still have it rated as a sell because they think that there's just no way that the company is the company's valuation is not rational. So there's that to keep in mind, too, is that, you know, we want the company to do well. We want um, the inevitable electrification of the transportation industry to proceed in an orderly way. But we also think that, you know, at some point the stock is going to fall back to earth. All right. Well, easy for you to say. Um, well, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, Tesla was, but we didn't even hit on this, but, you know, th- there is an aspect of their company that um, is about autonomous. And that leads us into our uh, next story, which is really cool. Um, the FMCSA, the head of the FMCSA, um, just speaking, uh, you know, uh, I think like yesterday at the um, Next Generation of Truck Freight Transport Summit in Philadelphia, Ray Martinez, he he's like, the FMCSA, man, they're getting on board. They are uh, doing their, their, their they, they seem to be quick and agile and nimble, at least when they want to be, and they seem to want to be about uh, autonomous. And uh, they want to, as Martinez said, encourage innovation. And they're and they really, you know, downplayed um, all of the concerns about how this is going to replace drivers. Uh, and they just wanted to open up the space to, you know, for the DOT to be looking at more guidance and encouragement for autonomous vehicles. <clears throat> um, they've released, uh, you know, Dots AV 3.0 document earlier this month, um, talking about safety risks and, and, you know, compliance for how autonomous can be not just state by state, but uh, federally. So, um, you know, basically, as the headline says, that they're, they're, we're no longer going to, you know, assume that a commercial driver is always a human. Um, as, you know, and the, 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 we're constantly, JP, covering autonomous trends. We're constantly covering how tech, especially what a year this has been. <laughs> 
You know, I mean, we got two more months of this year, and and, and it's just been amazing. I have to say, like, what just um, – and so here, like, I wouldn't have thought a year ago that I would be saying that the FMCSA is encouraging autonomous. No, they've they, – Ray Martinez has really, I think, taken um, the administration in a new direction. He's much more – I mean, I get the feeling that – the FMCSA is listening to small fleets and owner operators. The FMCSA, right, is them cons- as well. It's good. It's and good. They think they're looking at uh, regulations and thinking how can we keep the, keep trucks moving, keep the economy rolling. How can we, you know, w- what can we do to lead the charge to make um, s- supply chains more efficient? and to make doing business easier. So it's it's kind of a different approach than we've had in prior years um, where, you know, I think maybe some of the large carriers had undue influence and there was a kind of a sort of, I don't, you know, I would say a um, inward myopic bureaucratic kind of mindset about enforcement of, of, of laws and regulations and yeah how, it seemed like things would be happening very slow if they ever changed at all it would be, be happening slowly and it would not be <clears throat> happening with the goal of you know making the transportation industry work better and one of the interesting things a response to Ray Martinez that um, got a little traction um, you know the future as some people worried there was a study by the University of Pennsylvania by a sociologist named Steve Vaselli who um, their their study estimated that some gigantic 294,000 long-haul trucking jobs could be lost to automation um, you know, I don't know the details of that study or how, you know, longitudinal it, it, it is. But, um, you know, basically Martinez's response was uh, you know, that what we've been tr- typically trying to say is that, um, yeah, like, fully autonomous vehicles are probably decades away. Yes, yes. Uh, if, if that really replaces the jobs. It, it, like, what we've actually been more recently seeing is that it, 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 in the me- short to medium term, that, you know, you're going to be working collaboratively with uh, whatever we want to call it, AI and autonomous. It's going to just cr- cr- make the hard parts of jobs uh, you know, easier, and but we still have to facilitate uh, how it works, and there's, there's just it's going to change, but there's going to be increased efficiencies. One of the things, in fact, that might get lost in the story is that um, Martinez was saying this could dramatically open up um, the hours of service regulations uh, right. for drivers. Like right. that's been their big, you know, the right. uh, problem. It might so, not be completely exhausting to drive for eleven hours if the if the the truck itself is doing ninety percent of the work. Um, the other thing I would say about the sort of doomsday scenario of hundreds of thousands of out of work drivers, which I don't think will ever materialize, I don't either. is that first of all, in the macro picture, think about all of the automation that's happened in the United States over the past 10, 10, 15, 20 years. Right now we're still at record low unemployment. Like the economy. Right. Good point. There's this capacity issue that we keep talking about. The economy creates jobs uh, and, and 
and automation, digitization, and technology increase worker productivity, allows the same amount of people to do more. So rather than... And then industry-specific, I would say that we all know that automation in warehousing is much, much further along than it is in actual transportation or driving, and yet employment for warehousing is growing exponentially. Uh, Excellent So it's... I, I don't think that there's going to be some catastrophic event where all of a sudden every truck driver in America gets laid off. <laughs> or, or, or like, you know, they talk about this, like, for a few years now, they've been talking about the singularity moment where, you know, like, everything's, we're all, we, nobody has jobs, and we're all sitting around, I guess, waiting for the redistribution checks to, <laughs> to come along because nobody's employed. I actually disagree with that premise i to to some extent you know i mean i I think it's more about multiplicity i think that there's going to be kind of exponentially expanding possibilities as a result of uh of automation who knows we're speculating it's the future but it seems like kind of cool things are happening that we like we like that headline uh, of the yeah, week, thought yeah. that was an interesting one. Another thing that we've done um, this week is released um, uh, a col- Freight.Tech has released a collaborative effort um, of a white paper, our very first white paper coming out for, of Freight Waves. Uh, it is uh, what we're calling, uh, you know, the the transport tech. Um, you know, it's 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 the venture capital is trending hot right now. Yeah, so... You want to give us an overview? Of yeah, I'll, I'll talk for a second just about Freight.Tech. Um, yeah. Jenny uh, Shu, who came to us from... I think she was, like, director of innovation at Goodyear or something like that. She came to us to help set this up. And basically what Freight.Tech is, it's a kind of a startup and investor engagement platform. So the idea is that there's a lot of interest in transportation technology startups... Um, but there aren't very many investor, you know, but the transportation technology people aren't necessarily savvy when it comes to um, raising money, knowing what kinds of KPIs are important for different sorts of venture rounds, that kind of thing. And on the other side, um, there aren't that many venture capitalists who understand transportation and logistics and have a clear sense of where the opportunity is. So Freight.Tech platform, we kind of, we leverage our expertise on both sides of that. You know, after all, we are a transport tech startup and we, we coach companies, um, young startups, early stage startups. And we also uh, set up investor um, investor conversations with those companies. We help educate um, venture capitalists about about the industry. So our first Freight.Tech's first white paper was really about making the case for transport tech as a venture capital marketplace. And what that means is that venture capitalists now look at transportation technology startups. Um, they compete with each other over funding. It's a sort of identifiable field that has come into its own over the past five years. And so we wrote this white paper kind of laying out, mapping that out. And what it does, so it, it, it covers what are the trends in venture capital investment in transport tech companies since, uh, you know, from 2014 until the end of third quarter 2018. And while there has been a lot of growth in the industry uh, over since 2014, 
I think I, my my assessment being in you know covering everything um, this past year, such as we have, is that the extent to which the tech has taken over the industry um, is is really surprising everyone. Yeah, uh, like I don't know that we saw it, it, it snowballing as exponentially quick as as it has. Um, and so to, to give you guys an idea of like the kind of the scale that we're talking about, the, the snowball 2000 in the first three quarters of 2018, $2.68 billion was invested in transportation technology companies. That's more than 2014, 15, 16 and 17 combined. So uh, we started off in 2014 with about 56 deals of all kinds, um, totaling $112 million. And now we're, we're, um, you know, we're at 72 deals, which is actually a lower number. The deals are bigger. But also there's a little bit of maturation happening. There's not yeah. as many initial startups. There's more series B a, B, and C funding. Right, right. So the, the emphasis, there's still a healthy pipeline of early stage companies, but the emphasis is, mm-hmm. is not completely dominated by seed rounds. It's you're getting you're starting to really get large, mature startups that are still attracting um a lot of capital and you know i would point to two uh really important 2018 deals uh the first right. one is going to be um convoys 185 million dollar series c which uh brought them to evaluation of over a billion dollars that was the i believe the biggest american series c um so far the other deal is uh softbank vision funds investment in the Manbank group in china and this story is, is pretty interesting, but basically what it was, there were, t- there were sort of two Chinese Uber freights, to, to put it simply. And they were, com- they were both raising lots of money and expanding very rapidly. Um, these two companies eventually merged, and then SoftBank put $1.9 billion into it. Um, SoftBank, as you guys probably know, you know, it was run by uh, the you know Japanese investor uh, Masayoshi Son, who raised a hundred billion dollars for his fund. And they they specialize in making very large bets on a late stage uh, startups. Um, you know, he tells you know Bloomberg that he plans on raising a hundred billion dollars every few years, and so he's he is. Uh, it's very interesting. It's it's you know I think. The sort of the marketplace. If you look at other late stage start, uh, late stage VC f- uh, firms like you know like Sequoia, for example, like they're really having to adjust their strategies and do a little bit more work to find to find deals when when we have like literally just this mountain of money that uh, Masa Sun is sitting on. And I and I think that another thing, another reason why it, you know 2018 um, may have you know kind of hit us over the head, um, you know, where we have that feeling is is that uh, right off the bat there there weren't a whole lot of these deals and they, they, it, it took a little while and then once I think the convoy thing happened, it, it's been a succession of events such as the white paper covers 
And uh, one of the things that the white paper covers is just like if, if you're, you know, if you're at all needing some uh, in information about the industry, um, it's a complex logistics and transportation is very complex. And if you, you know, if you're a startup and you're just thinking about how do I raise the, you know, the next fund, you can think about whether or not that's actually the most important thing to be assembling and, you know, and what is top of mind for, for every, for everyone involved, both as an investor, uh, as well as, you know, starting it up. Yeah. And so if you go to freightwaves.com, you can see there, there's a set under the resources uh, tab at the very top of the page. Uh, you'll see white papers and you can get to it from there. Um, and we break down the whole industry. So like we talk about deal counts by type and by year. We also talk about deal sizes um, so, you know, but it's how, not a gigantic white pa paper. It's sort of a, a, an initiation. It's a no, no one else. We, we couldn't find anyone else really giving us data on this. So um, this is, you know, for the most part, our, our own research. And uh, and, you know, yeah, so it's, it's our own research. Uh, Jenny uh, built built out our data set based on pitch book. It's got, you know, it's what, like how many pages is it? Like 10 pages. Some Ten like, pages with um, with the, with some nice charts that just really show you like okay you know what happened to the size of Series A's from 2014 2018 you know what's the what's the overall mix of A versus B versus C from 2014 to 2018 it's, it's, it's interesting and it kind of paints the picture of a venture capital marketplace that's still in early stages it's got some maturity the pipeline is still really wide. Uh, you know, for early stage, which means that I think, you know, the winners haven't been really decided yet. There's some, right. there's some, some sort of big dogs in the ring now, but there's still lots of small bets being spread very widely, and people are, and you know, there's there's a lot of capital looking for a home, you know, <laughs> in in this sort of economic environment we're in, um, and it, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, we have we have. We have many years uh, left to see how these companies can scale and what what kind of um, value proposition they're going to bring. It's been a fascinating year. The, um, the, the there was a trickle coming out of the dam, and uh, to, in, in my estimation, the dam uh, has broken. Like I think that you know tech is is on the radar screen. And, I, and transport I, tech, especially. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, well, and so now it is time for uh, everybody's favorite game: big deal or little deal. What's the deal with you, JP? See, I'm out of practice. <laughs> Zach and I didn't do this last week, so now it's like. Actually, it was um, you and I. Thanks. I'm glad that I left such a <laughs> you know deep resonating. <laughs> um, I think two weeks. We ago. didn't do it last week either, and so we're bringing back everyone's favorite game. And uh, and so, JP, Big I'm going to... Big deal or little deal. Right. And I'm going to begin um, with you. Uh, I think I'm going to... Yeah, we're, we're starting with you about right now. Are you ready to play? I'm ready, Chad. Okay. Ready or not, here we come. Rank and file blowback expected as UPS Teamster contract saga takes the unusual turn. Big deal or little deal? It's a big deal. This negotiation has been a cluster truck. Um <laughs> That the union the union ratified a contract that the members didn't approve, and now they're catching hell. Freight forwarders tariffs broke peak season in two. Big deal or little deal? Huge deal. It's made uh, volumes really unpredictable, and um, transportation costs increase a lot. Giant mosquitoes, a public health issue during Hurricane Michael cleanup. Big deal or little deal? 
I think it's a big deal, and it's also terrifying. Don't uh, like, don't read this article if you have any kind of fear of like flying, biting insects. Covenant rushes into dedicated, beats the street. I think big it's deal, a, little, little. I think it's a big deal. Uh, they're moving from thirty-two percent dedicated to fifty percent, and they have plans to increase that proportion. It's an interesting model, and I think shippers really want dedicated capacity right now. Target lays down the e-commerce gauntlet, offers free two-day shipping. Big deal or little deal? It's a big deal. Uh, consumer uh, Consumers are high on everything. Uh, they're anticipating this. They're competing with Amazon. And I'm glad as a consumer. Big deal, Target. Innovate or die, e-commerce in the iconic bankruptcy of Sears. Big deal or little deal? It's a big deal because Sears is an American institution, and this is just another big chip in the retail apocalypse. It's all happening. Keep Trucking's new headquarters expands investment in Nashville. Big deal or little deal? I'm going to say big deal again. I'm full of big deals today, but it's because $3.6 million getting infused into their, their company. They're, they're just expanding. It's, it's taking jobs from the coast and bringing them to the heartland where there is a lot of tech and a lot of good real estate value. Tennessee Tech admits results of Glider Kit study were inaccurate. Big deal or little deal? It's a big deal because the little man keep f- keeps fighting against cronyism. So thank goodness that the, 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 the truth came out. And I know I went over there saying that. But the, the truth came out on the Tennessee Tech kit. And, uh, and I'm really curious about exactly how it all manifested. And um, we're still doing some research into how that went down. I, I totally blew it, dude. We, I'm sorry. Oh, I, it was my fault this time. It was my fault. Um, what am I going to do with you, Chad? <sighs> it's okay. Sometimes we're, we're, it's you know, worth the extra sentence. You know what we did? We, we, we knocked the rust off next week. I mean, you know, God willing, we will get it in under two minutes. <laughs> God willing and the creek don't rise. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. As always, we go into more detail about each of the topics we've talked about today on our website, FreightWaves.com. We will continue to publish this podcast weekly, so be sure to subscribe to What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, make sure to leave us a review to let us know what you think of our new podcast. And if you're interested in freight economics and finance, come to our Market Waves Conference at the Gaylord Texan Resort and Convention Center in Grapevine, Texas, this November. Visit marketwaves18.com to learn more about this event. That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week on What What the the truck. Truck.